0: Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms that have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way through hard work, doing the right thing, and having fun while doing it. It's time for you to get the edge. Here are your hosts, Brad Warhurt, Jeff Copeland, Jim Martin, and Greg Gonzalez.
1: Hey, welcome to another episode of the Financial Advisors Edge podcast. I'm Greg Gonzalez. I'm with Brad today, just the two of us. And on today's episode, We're going to be talking about the six opportunities you should be taking advantage of in a down market, and then one that you shouldn't take advantage of. It's not an opportunity. So I wanted to mention before we get into today's episode, I wanted to remind listeners, check out our Facebook community. A lot of interest there, a lot of new members, probably a dozen a week, new members. Uh, It's a private Facebook community, The Financial Advisors Edge podcast. Over 150 members. We're sharing a lot. Love hearing from our listeners. So check that out. Our website is dot com. And uh, Brad, let's jump into today's topic. Six opportunities you should be taking advantage of in a down market and one you shouldn't.
2: Yeah. So I, I don't mean to steal one that I think that you'll want to talk about, but I, I'm gonna we can both talk about it. Cause I, I did it personally back in oh eight, you know. Um I think this one is centered around Roth conversions. I did, now I didn't have very much money at the time, but I did have a small IRA. And uh, in a year like this or a year like 08, you know, if you have an account that was $50,000, it's probably now about $40,000. Um, right. Perfect time to do a Roth conversion and pay the tax on 40. And uh, once we get the recovery, uh, we basically skipped out on paying tax on the 10 that we know is there is just a paper loss right now. I think you probably do something similar.
1: We do a lot of Roth conversions when the market's down. Um, it d- depending on someone's situation, obviously, how much we're doing, uh, we're either working with their tax advisor or kind of um, you know, doing the planning on our own if they don't uh, use a tax advisor and, and trying to basically fill up or bump the bracket. In other words, so if they're in the 12% bracket, ideally, you would want to do a Roth conversion up to the top of the 12%. Um, so, so taking advantage of that while the market's down, Jeff had a beautiful example of this and you need to be able to explain this to client. Like they're a third grader (laughs) and, I, I mean, I honestly, y- y- you can't be. Well, if we do forty thousand five hundred, we you know reduce for taxes and all this stuff. No, you gotta. And Jeff said, okay, let's assume why you have to explain why it makes sense, why this is an opportune time to do this Roth conversion while the market's down. So he had a very very simple example. It let's say we had ten dollars, and let's say it was the market went down. You know, during this down market, and it's now worth eight. So it's undervalued what we're talking about doing is paying taxes on the 8 and then moving that to your Roth IRA so when the market rebounds the 8 becomes 12 inside of your Roth IRA and the growth from 8 to $12 is tax free versus waiting to do the Roth conversion and you know while the market recovers from 8 to 12 if we do the Roth conversion at 12 you're paying the taxes on all $12 in, instead of only paying it on eight so you have to you know v- as, as simple as you can make it for people I, th- I think you'll have a lot more success and you'll you'll really teach your clients a lot
2: yeah Greg and I think even in that example I would go you, you know you could write it down if you like if you're a visual person but I would even point out that that kind of like silver linings to this market you know not only do you not want to pay the tax on 12 in the future but great news. We're only paying tax on eight, whereas if we did this last year, we would have been paying tax on 10. Yeah. Right? So you kind of pointing out like, yeah, I, I know we had 10 and now we have eight. That sucks. But there is some good news. We know that's going back to 10 eventually. And yeah. last year, we had this idea we paid it on 10, but we're going to pay it on eight. We're going to be vultures with the tax system, which is why you pay me. Right.
1: Right. And, and so um, it, we're having review meetings. We've been having review meetings in, in a down market 2022 with, with clients. Both of us, all, well, all of us have, right? And clients are asking, what should we be doing differently? What, what, is there anything we should be changing? Well, this is one opportunity. So this episode we're trying to trying to show you some opportunities that you should be teaching clients like, hey, Roth conversions. this is a this is there for the picking while the markets are are down. And so and but you have to be able to explain it, to, you know, a uh, somewhat complicated subject matter. To clients in a language that they can understand. And so, so come up with examples that work for you, that are easy to explain, and, and re- reiter- reiterate to clients. So that's how we would do that.
2: We'll we'll do a deeper dive on some of these concepts at a later date. We're trying to blanket a couple of topics right now. I want to point something out <clears throat> that we mentioned on this, uh, the Statement Shock episode also. Anything we talk about today is going to be Way more effective not only in getting them to take action but do wonders for your relationship with the client and calm their nerves. Way more if you are the one to go to them with this or any of it. Remember, this is an opportunity. Hi, Karen. Yes, Karen's back. I'm calling you with this opportunity. Get your butt in this office. I got to go over this with you. This is great news. This is good for you. Rather than Don't use this as just a a fallback for when um, nervous clients call you and give them the, uh, um, well, yeah, yeah, it's a bad year in the market. I don't control it. Maybe we could do this. It's much better to preempt them with, hey, Karen, it's Greg calling with yet another opportunity. Right. Get them in the mindset that this is an exciting thing that we're about. All the things we're going to talk about today, at least on the things you should do, go to them with it. Be proactive. Don't use it as your excuse about you know the market's down, so I guess we'll do this.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and you know what this, this shows? Because I've been doing this all You know, We do Roth conversions a lot of times throughout the year, but also at the end of the year. But, but it's also showing people that you're looking out for them. Yep. right it's it's bringing an opportunity to the table and saying hey i i was you know reviewing your portfolio and your situation and this is what i've come up with and this is this is why i recommend doing it now as opposed to waiting until next year once the market has rebounded yep. um so so that's it's it's all it's all about showing people hey showing them your value right this is this is what i've uh you know kind of came came up with and, and this is why i recommend what i'm recommending
2: and Greg, any of these, which I think is going to flow nicely, not scripted, by the way, to, our, to one of the other opportunities of a bad market, though, is it's going to being proactive with any of these ideas is going to automatically insulate you from the next opportunity that another advisor might be taking advantage of, which is prospects are willing to talk. Yeah, when the market is down double digits, right? This may it's stressful for existing books of business, but if you are trying to grow, I promise you, this year, 2008 and years like those are the best time to do it. Right? So a very common insert a wedge into a relationship question, Greg, you've mentioned this on several episodes. What is your current advisor doing with the market being so volatile or down or however you want to word it, right? Right. Well guess what the person we just talked to is going to have an answer to that question if another advisor calls them. What's your advisor been telling you and doing about this market? Well, number 1 we did a Roth conversion and this is why. So you're so while it's an opportunity, get out and talk to people in a down market. You're also insulating your client base from other people doing that to you.
1: Yeah. Let, let me uh so, so this this year has been great for new business for for me and my my firm. I've had a lot of people reach out to me, prospects, with the same thing. You know, I'm calling you because my mark, the market is down, yada yada. My portfolio is down. Let's call it thirty percent. I I'm going to ask them questions and say, oh, okay. What uh, what what was your review meeting like with your financial advisor this year? What did you come up with as far as any adjustments, any any opportunities? Were there any changes discussed? Updating your your retirement plan, and they'll kind of say, well they say something like this. Typically our advisor says, uh, we're we're in good investments. Just, just ride the waves, which is a terrible answer, by the way, you know, (laughs) we're just going to ride the waves. So, um, you know, I will ask something like this. Oh, you had mentioned you're two years away from retirement. Are you concerned that this, this downturn in the market has, has set back your, your investment portfolio are you confident that you can still retire in two years? And if not, why? And they're always going to say, you know, typically, yeah, I mean, if you lose 30% of your retirement nest egg, probably you're not going to be able to retire tomorrow like you wanted to. So so kind of asking better questions and getting them to, to talk. But uh, but yeah, when the market is down like this. A lot of times, advisors are not reaching out to their clients. They're not proactive, and that's the time when our clients need to hear from us the most. Right? Whether whether it's you know we're offering these opportunities like we're talking about on uh, today's episode, whether we're uh, updating their retirement plans, making adjustments here and there. This this is the time. In a down market, your clients are your competition's best prospects. Yep. And that's when they're willing to talk, you know, it may be, and I, I always warn, I always say to clients, Hey, there's going to be somebody calling you or inviting you to a dinner, knocking on your door, or whatever it may be. And I'm going to hope that you think you're well-served and I'm providing that. And you're going to tell that person, no, I I'm all set. But again, if they haven't heard from you in three years, yep they're probably going to go to that seminar, they're going to answer that door, they're going to, you know, talk to that person who is cold calling. So Yeah, it's
2: interesting Greg. A lot of the stuff that we've talked about in the last few months like they absolutely work, but it's like they're not standalone pieces. Right. right? Like you have to be doing like uh I was thinking when you were talking about oh, well, you're two you're two years away from retirement, you're down 30% or whatever it is. I I would ask something like uh what if this market persists two years and you're in the exact same spot, uh, you know, two years from now, you're still going to be, what's the plan? You're still going to be able to retire, right? My answer you know, to my clients, I take like a bucket approach to retirement income, right? So I do have a bucket with plenty of money if that persists or we'll be okay. Um, but I, I can say that and I would hope that at least a decent amount of my clients would know that because I've been doing it. Right. But I can't use that. If I, if I don't have them, if they don't have their investments organized in some type of, if I'm just in a target date fund or American funds, three pack or five pack or whatever, however many pack it is these days, I can't say that. Right. So a lot of this stuff ties together in order to make it work as a system.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's a good question, Brad. Man, you're, you're uh, giving some secrets away to the listeners. I love it. <laughs> let's uh, along that same vein with, uh, with, with portfolios being down, let's, let's talk specifically about, you know, non-qualified accounts. Let's say it's a trust account, joint account, uh, TOD account, you know, brokerage accounts, you know, tax loss harvesting. So mm. he is absolutely huge. This is, this is there. And, uh, I know look at those statements, see if there is an unrealized capital loss that you can take advantage of because you can, for those that aren't familiar with the tax code, you know, you can deduct up to $3,000 in capital losses per, per year, per tax year. And then if you have a greater loss, it just rolls over to the next tax year, kind of like rollover minutes, like the the damn AT and T. Remember that you said, "Oh, your rollover minutes." Yeah, <laughs> remember what happened to that, Brad?
2: Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I held on to my text plan that was unlimited for like a decade because I didn't want to let it go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, yeah, being able to you know and explain that, you got to teach clients, hey, this is why we're we're considering this, you know, harvesting our our capital losses now. This is how it's going to benefit you. This is how the you know the law works. And now might be the time to to look at that. And, and you're not you're not selling everything, but you might be, you know, picking and choosing what to slice off. Um, yeah. so so that's an opportunity this year,
2: especially. Yeah, it's making it's, it's it really is. I keep saying this, but it's silver linings in an otherwise pretty downtrodden year. You know, along the same lines of loss harvesting, I mean, it's all tying together, right? Loss harvesting. So when that other advisor down the street calls your client and says, you know, have you heard from your advisor? The answer is yes. What have they done? Here's another thing that we've done.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, you know, Along that same line, it's not necessarily loss harvesting, but we've all, if we've been in business long enough, we all have clients that bring over stuff that we just really don't want to hold on to. But it also doesn't make sense to, to sell it when they become clients. So if you have some of these positions um, in a non-qualified account, maybe they're maybe they're down enough that it could make sense where the tax hit is not so great right now that you could unwind it and and move it into whatever your investment strategy is. So there's there are opportunities in down years like this.
1: Yeah. Let's say you were hanging on to some positions because they had a big capital gain and you thought, right. oh, I don't, I don't want to kill my client with capital gains taxes by selling this position. Well, guess right. what? Now it's, it, it's down because the, the market's down and you had planned on getting rid of it or at least reducing the position um, in the future. Now's the time to, Brad, you called that unwinding some of the positions they might have. Yeah, and I think that, that's a, a great time to
2: do it. And actually it ties in, it, it can actually flow really well if you're in this scenario with the loss harvesting, you may realize some losses from some positions that even if you can't get the unwanted position down to a, you know, no gain or a, or a, or another loss, you can use some of your losses from other positions to offset some of the gain from a bad position that you don't want to own anymore.
1: Okay. Okay. And say, and saying, oh, my losses will offset some of my gains. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Now, that may sound at first glance like you're like, wait, if I had the gain on this position, why is this the one I want to unwind? It could be, you know, they became clients five years ago or three years ago, and some of the positions you have them in now show a loss. So you can use the loss. And maybe they brought a stock with them that their grandparents gave them 30 years ago. So, yeah. so it may not be because that's like the star position. It may just be because it's not performed all that great, but they've owned it for a couple of decades. So, it may sound wacky at first, but it absolutely can happen. And I'm gonna guess most people that have been in business for you know five or ten years have run across plenty of that over time. I know I have. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because yeah, because we are considering their the tax implications. It's I, I heard the story of this one time where this advisor did not understand the tax implications of selling all the investments from the former financial advisor and the person <laughs> the person had like i mean hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in capital gains oh my and, god and then and then the next year the client got a 1099 then mail saying oh you have hundreds of thousands of dollars of capital gains <laughs> <laughs> and and the um basically uh, the advisor's response to it was, Oh, we don't give tax advice or, or tax oh, considerations God. here. And there was a lawsuit, you know, pending on that one, of course. So, um, understand, so, yeah.
2: guys, sorry, Greg, understand, understanding the tax implications of everything you do is so important. Yeah. Um, you know, as you were, you're describing that I'm thinking of like, think of the retired person that, that does this. I mean, it, it, what we're suggesting with, with loss harvesting could help them in terms of things like the taxability of their social security. Yeah. Right. How much of it it could flow down to, you don't want to show too much income or else, you know, you could push your Medicare premiums into a higher, uh, a higher cost sharing level um, the, all things that you need to be aware of. So number one, you don't hurt them and end up like the guy in your example, but two, you may help them. Exactly get their taxes down or keep them at a manageable level now and in the future, you know, on the Roth conversions, here's another thing. That's a kind of an opportunity to at least point out, you know, if we can do, if we can use the down market and their low tax bracket to do Roth conversions, that's going to lower their RMD in the future. Absolutely. Having more Roth money, which when they're 70, 80 years old, especially now Jeff is Jeff. If you listen to this, which I know you will, I'm sorry. I give full credit to this, to Jeff. It is his idea, right? Most of your married clients, like they're not going to die at the same time. So at some point in time, one of them passes away. All of their IRA money is going to be in one now on one person filing single instead of jointly now that RMD becomes a possibly a much bigger deal because their tax brackets are compressed, you can point that out as another reason why you want to do Roth conversions. You're forward-looking that far down the road. Mm-hmm. So another benefit that you can tie this all together and again, tie it even further, when the next guy down the street calls them to ask, does your advisor have a plan? What is he saying? You're damn right. He has a plan, not just for this year, next year, but this dude is already looking 20 years in the future for me. Have a nice day. I'll pay for my own dinner with all the money I'm making from working with my current
1: (laughs) advisor. Right, right. They're not even considering going to that dinner because of all you do for them. And, And you're not just calling them one time for that annual review meeting in June. Um, so so this, these are opportunities. Everything we've discussed here, Brad, I'm going to piggyback on, on another thing that you said is RMDs. For the clients that, that are taking RMDs with the market being down, it, it's calculated, the RMD for like 2023, it's, it's calculated based on the 1231-2022 value of their, their IRA, or, or maybe it's a, a 401k pre-tax account and their age. So combination of the two, right? So with with the market being down with their portfolio being down probably in 2023, those are going to be lower, the RMD that they're
2: having to take. And any money that you converted this year won't count for it either. Yes. So you could be looking at a combination, a substantially reduced RMD looking looking forward for 2023. 2020.
1: Right. Okay. Right. That that's huge. Uh, the other thing that, that we'll want to mention is is adding money still before the end of the year. Um, you know, while the market's down, and I always tell clients, and there's there's all kinds of ways. There's different examples and analogies you can use, but however you want to do it, buying when the market is on sale, right when it's down. Right. Do you do you want to buy your you like buying your clothes when they're on sale, your groceries when they're on sale? Why don't you like buying your investments when they're on sale? And just just that that's kind of how I I phrase it. Absolutely. And a lot of different examples you can use with clients that I I just love. Um, but uh, but yeah, maybe it's maxing out simple as maxing out Roth IRAs. Uh, before the end of the year that kind of thing the, the limits uh for anybody listening for 2023 roth's for somebody over 50 are going up 500 bucks to 7500 for next year um and then i believe uh 401k contributions are going from seven, 27 grand to $30,000 so again great time to be buying when the market's down when it's on sale um and 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 saying hey i suggest you know, investing, taking advantage of of a downturn in the market as, hey, this is a buying opportunity.
2: Absolutely, and you know the one that I use. I'm, I'm a car guy. i pretty much anything with a motor or that goes fast. I'm interested in. So the one I usually use to drive that home. The analogy will be, you're driving to my office. You're driving to work, and you pass a. I'm using Honda because I like Honda. So right, so you pass a Honda dealership every day on your way to work. You're like thinking about a new Accord. And the price is 30 grand. You drive by and you're like, you know, I could probably get some more miles out of this car. But you're thinking, you're on the cusp of buying. And you drive by this year, and this hits home this year, right? You see dealer markup, $5,000. Your $30,000 Accord is now $35,000 Accord. Does anyone drive by that dealership and think, well, damn, now is the time to hop on the Honda Accord. I wasn't sure at 30, but at 35, that car is mine. No one thinks that. They swear a lot and they talk a bunch of, you know what, about the car dealer and the car salesman. And they absolutely do not buy the overpriced car. right? That's when they want to buy Apple or Tesla or Bitcoin. But now flip it the other way around, right? You try to buy that dealership. You've been on the cusp. You're thinking about it. Now, all of a sudden, Black Friday special, $30,000 Accord on sale for twenty five. dollars That will probably be what pushes you to rush in and buy while it's low. Right. Why are we not doing the same damn thing with Honda stock that we are with Honda cars? Why are we not doing, we need or clothes, like you said, or pick anything in life. That's when you buy it, when it's on sale and it's down, why are we not doing the same thing right now? That's how I drive that point home.
1: I love it. I love it. So by the so- way,
2: drive was no pun intended.
1: <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> you know, find, find your analogy that you like your examples that you like. I, 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 I work with a lot of women. So I will bring up, hey, if you're shopping at Macy's or something like that. <laughs> so you use some kind of example that, you know, resonates with the people you're working with. Honda's, I love it, uh, Brad. So that um uh I, I think everybody can can understand that. So you know, so so we've talked about a lot of opportunities. Brad, did we miss anything as far as our six
2: opportunities here? I I don't know if we missed anything, um, but we didn't talk about the opportunity you should not jump on. Yeah, yeah. Which we see all the time, right? It's- It brings back memories of 08 to me. The entire entire advisory world is looking again for the magic bullet that would have prevented their 60-40 allocation from being down 15% this year everybody's looking for the tactical bullet or the dividend focus or the whatever it may be. Um, Don't do it. (laughs) That is the opportunity. Do not look backward and pick the strategy that would have survived this problem because it will not survive the next problem. And when the market recovers, it will underperform and it will be something you have to apologize for. And Greg, I don't know if you have examples of this or not that you want to talk about, but it may seem like an opportunity to retool your investment strategy to some timing, tactical, whatever, hedged portfolio. Time to break out the managed futures, everyone. Oh, boy. (laughs) It it, is not I've been getting these emails
1: like crazy this year. Five-star fund for 2022. Look at our performance year to date in 2022. And some of it's a lot of energy funds because the energy funds, especially the oil companies have been doing really well this year. It, it was at one point, it was the only sector that was positive. I haven't looked at it lately. I, I don't really care either, but, but, but yeah, what have you done for me lately? That's what people are doing. They're looking at, okay, what's hot now? And that's what I'm going to shift you know clients into and and I think these mutual fund companies uh, I- investment companies in, in general they prey on financial advisors for this because they okay look at our short term we're doing great now if you look back at over you know the long term uh either a there is no long term the fund was just launched in 2021 <laughs> or or b you know if you look at the you know since inception i mean the the results are uh, are terrible if you if you take out this year right yep.
2: and the and, big one oops sorry go
1: ahead you know in the managed futures and and all this you know volatility control and all that kind of stuff um yeah they're not down anywhere near as much but when you look at a market cycle they're going to they're going to heavily underperform um but oh advisors do this and i think i was guilty of it and, you and Jim were, I know, looking back at like 08, you know, the Ivy asset strategy
2: and what were some of the other ones, Brad? I was just going to say, guys, go back and look, if you're in business, you'll remember, if not, just do some research, right? The darlings of 08, Ivy asset strategy, Uh, BlackRock global allocation, First Eagle global allocation, PIMCO total return, Uh, Here's one, RIDEX, I don't even know if RIDEX exists anymore, RIDEX Managed Futures. I just had a conversation with another advisor earlier this afternoon, Franklin Income. Mm -hmm. Franklin Income, 2008, these are all the heroes. Everybody, assets, I don't even know. Go look, you can look at the the Morningstar asset flows from 08 and 09. Look at some of these funds and see where advisor uh, influence dollars went. It was just another retooling of looking backwards at the lost decade. Uh, what's the uh, prudent bear? Prudent bear. Uh, yeah, prudent, prudent bear, right? Is it 20% treasuries, 20% gold, 20%? I, I don't know. Look at any of them back in 08 and look at what's happened. Look at how, look at the reason why, right? right. Look at their trailing performance behind 08 and see why they were chosen. And then look at their forward performance since then. Do not fall into that trap. I just had a conversation today and I'm not going to name any names, uh, but the advisor was talking about Franklin Incomes specifically and what a dog it has been. And they told me that their mentor told them they're looking at moving to more passive approach. That fund was great when I started putting it in the portfolios in 2008. And I, I know advisors at my broker dealer that were singing and I'm not picking on Franklin Income. I'm picking on the idea that train your clients in advance, right? right. If you're going to retool something, if you're looking at your, your practice, retool your process to be right, to explain it correctly, to let them know what to expect in a year like this and how you will handle it in advance so that you can do the right thing. Because I promise... Finding the next magic bullet every time something goes bad is not the right thing. And you are going to pay with client dollars and your own sanity in the future.
1: Yeah, it, chasing performance. I mean, it, it's it's one of those deadly sins. And, and so, me, so many advisors are susceptible to this. I've seen this over and over and over. And I haven't even been in this industry that long. But it, it's kind of like, I think Nick Murray said, It's kind of like if you look at the, what is it, like the Barron's List of Top Mutual Funds for the year. It is like the Miss America pageant where there's no repeat winners, right? Meaning meaning the energy fund that was the number one performer in 2022 Is not going to repeat in 2023 or 2024. There was a reason why it had a standout year, and normally it's like a sector fund, like a biotech or energy or, you know, healthcare or something like that. Um, But uh, but anyway, Nick Murray has been a, a very very strong opponent of chasing performance and trying. And he said if an advisor were to pick, come up with a portfolio of the number one fund on the Barons list for 10 years, you would have 10 different funds, right? right. Because yeah. there, it would never be a repeat and, and it would probably be a dog for the next 10 years. It just it just was that that one year where it had outstanding performance. So
2: and, and Greg, I was see, I was gonna suggest this, do that. Just what you said, go back guys, pick, if you're curious, go back 10, 11, 15, nine years, whatever you pick, go see what the top, go see what funds were in the news. In two thousand twelve yep. or two thousand seven or two thousand, hey, two thousand six and seven probably be real estate funds, right? Go right. so pick them, see what people were talking about then, and see how they did the next ten years or yep. or fifteen years. You'll you'll see it. It's a common trap. It constantly happens. Don't do it.
1: And and I think it's it's you know I, I'm just a, a imagining that advisor that's having that review meeting with a client, and um, I I just got a new client. I'm just going to talk about it, uh, <laughs> Brad, because I don't care. But uh, his advisor, he had a review meeting with his advisor at the end of the Q3, and the fund was down over 50%. And the advisor says, well, we need to make a change, and did this exact same thing, switched him out of this fund that was down over 50% into a fund that was only down like 15 And And uh, anyway, it's just... but. But that I, I think that's the the worst thing you can do is to say okay we need to change our strategy here and we need to oh we're going to put your money into something uh, that that would have done better the last nine months or eleven months of the year and, and then we would have wished we were you can't go back right you're not you're not in you're not buying the last eleven months or twelve months of performance I
2: wish you could but you can't you can't go back right and keep in mind there this is retail investor behavior. Yeah. They are paying us to not do this. They can chase performance on their own. Right. Right. That's my takeaway from this part before you ask.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we've given six opportunities uh, you should be taking advantage of in a down market and one that you should absolutely stay away from. Do not even consider chasing current market performance of, you know, any select given manage future fund whatever it happens to be. Um uh, the 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 magic bullet as Brad called it, the shiny object syndrome is is I'll call it. Um what what has done well lately. So uh, chasing performance is just never going to work out for you. So anyway, Brad, this has been fun.
2: Yeah, absolutely. This-
1: yeah. So, uh, so we'll kind of recap here. Um, before we go, we wanted to mention our Facebook community, private Facebook community, the financial advisors edge podcast. It's a private Facebook group over 150 members sharing ideas and helping one another out. So be sure and join that and check us out online, the And that's all we have this week, but uh, check us out next week for another episode of the Financial Advisors Edge podcast.